0: Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and we're going to be talking about lead generation today, and how do you measure it, and how do you make sure you're learning as you go. And I think it's going to be really good. And here we go. Hey, that's great. Who are the chefs? Not going anywhere for a while. Great, googly moogly. Grab a Snickers. You spell it. Yeah. Okay, and then here's the remake of it, which I kind of like the original one. This is only 15 seconds. We'll get this all done. Here we go. My wife wondered how they get the paint back off of the field. Don't know. Probably power wash. Hey, that's great. But who are the chefs? Rookie mistake. Great googly moogly. Great, Googly Moogly. Maybe you just need a Snickers. Okay, the official chocolate sponsor of the NFL and they recreated the iconic 1996 spot. In that one that was like not not going anywhere for a while, have a snack, you know, and that but I think that I think that the uh Not Yourself campaign was the best one. I of course I think Betty Betty White but Betty White was the best one. Okay, so Hunger can turn even the best meticulous, most meticulous person into a hapless rookie. It turns out that they're going to also feature a, uh, the Steelers' T.J. Watt. Did you see that interception this weekend? Oh, my gosh. You know, a former Bucky Badger and a uh, and a Pewaukee, which is just next door to Heartland where I am. Uh, resident and that was so great also I wanted to call out Taylor Taylor Swift has been attending she's gone to four uh, chefs games and uh, they've won every game that she's attended so uh, I guess good for her <laughs> she's a good luck charm and seems like a lot of fun also anyway now we are get to the meat of this <laughs> it's about time <laughs> Hey, I've only gone three minutes. Could your KPIs actually be hurting your business? And I have something to say about this, but I'm gonna, I am wanted to wait and see what, what uh, Jeff Taron had to say. This is published by LinkedIn, uh, by Jeff on LinkedIn. Three takeaways from this article. Setting KPIs that are overly dependent on conversion as a mem- measure of success could be hurting your ability to target good prospects. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Lead gen programs are often wrongly faulted for flaws in the sales process or customer experience that turns off qualified leads, really important concept to get into your head. A lead generation process is a two or three or more step process, and you can't just look at the front lead source and end, right? You need to look at the process. And we're going to be talking about a specific way that you may not have heard because I've heard it very few times in my entire 40-year career. Uh, And there are concrete steps you can take to improve campaign analysis that will lead to better leads over time. First of all, setting KPIs, which is key performance indicators. I'm not sure the article ever says that. You know, it wasn't until I had a retail client back in uh, about... Seven eight years ago that I I had heard the KPI term, but it's important, <clears throat> and we did all the match back for them on our on our catalog process. Okay, for a marketing initiative is essentially as an essential part of setting up a program. So I was on a call yesterday with Faroz at OnPoint. I learned how to pronounce it too, <clears throat> and um, and it was about a lead generation program, and so this this will have some relevance. And I'm getting dragged back into lead generation, which I did a lot of back at the beginning of my career before I really pivoted into catalogs because they had lots of data and it was really great for modeling. But lead generation is, of course, crucial to a lot of businesses. So lately, it seems there's no such thing as a lead gen program. The the terms response and conversion are being used interchangeably. And of course, response generally means anything that happened that you can get somebody to do right click or or you know give you their email or anything conversion normally to me means make a sale uh maybe we should say that <clears throat> so channels and tactics are you used to be credited for bringing in the leads now are judged as if they're the bottom of the funnel uh in conversion programs and it may hurt your prospecting efforts right because the uh and there's, because there's so many ways to look at even sales, you know, what's the average order per, you know, we always, even, even when it is conversion, when it is an order, you still have to look at the profitability of the order and, and other things. There's always a handful of things. Boiling it down to one thing is always a mistake, I think, uh, cause one thing overemphasizes one thing over another. <laughs> okay. And, um, oftentimes also the, the, uh. The lead generation program is held responsible for things that there's no control over, which is why at least you get to settle this up front. Weak conversion is often due to flaws in the sales funnel, poor landing pages, unprepared salespeople, broken promises, and a host of other scenarios. Right, exactly. Okay, so... Number one, your funnel needs to accommodate the dynamics of DM response, okay? So how are you moving people from the physical? If you're doing direct mail, and that's what Jeff is talking about when he talks about DM, you're going from the physical to the digital generally, okay? So QRs and vanity URLs or pearls can help reduce that friction. Pearl, of course, is a filled-in you know, it's it's tailored to that particular household. And so you can put in the, the name and address and maybe past purchases and other things. It becomes a highly, highly personalized thing, which is actually very, really, very helpful. If you're trying to, you know, too often I click a QR and I end up on the uh, on, on a form to be filled out, remembering that a QR is pretty much only accessible with a cell phone. And so you're taking me from... The physical world of the postcard or the or the mailer and you're dropping me into a digital world where I'm forced to put that thing on to put the information in with my thumb or something like that. Very bad. I pretty much never do that. I'm never willing to fill out forms on my cell phone okay it's just terrible so be sure to always if you're including a QR also include the URL and hopefully make it short and easy to put in on a computer okay don't send prospects to a landing page that was designed for a different channel and out of context with the dm too often the QR's just go to the the, the homepage with no with no uh, consideration of the offer right or sometimes the client doesn't want to put it on the on the uh, offer page they they put it on the they'll put the tracking code on the home page and so you take the, so the direct mail doesn't get credit for taking you to their site even though it did take you to their site and i've seen that uh, response analysis timeframes. right you can't just look at the today and tomorrow uh responses in direct mail cuz it won't get there for two more weeks. And so you have to be careful that you're not you're not thinking about uh digital tracking when you're setting up a uh, a direct mail program. Okay, you're at your, you're at you are you attributing response fairly to the mailings. Often doesn't happen, right? Oftentimes Especially if you're trying to sell a new product to an existing set of customers, those customers have visited your website, so they have a they have a uh, they have a first-party cookie on their computer if they dial in the, you know if they type in the, the code or even on their phone, and so too often those get attributed to uh, you know to Google search, which is their, maybe their original uh, tracking cookie, or they get attributed to something else some other digital campaign when in reality, you know, and this even happens when they go and then they leave and then they come back again. Now they've got that first party cookie. And so we we forget that, that the, it was the mailer that triggered that response. So always try to get matchback included because you have the physical address. And if they, if they go down the funnel far enough, you're going to get their address again and you can match that back to the original mailer the original mailing list, which is not so easy to do in digital, okay? Um, And many people do type the company URL or the email. So uh, pitfall number two is a narrow conversion-only KPI focus compromises the prospect targeting strategy. So customer files may not be large enough or diverse enough to result in a high-performing DM prospect model. So I was talking with the Blood Center in Kansas City, uh, and I was asking them about their data, and uh, they said, "Well, our number one contributors are uh, are wealthy suburban women," which is fine. You know, maybe that's true. Didn't sound right to me because you could give blood. You know, anybody can give blood, right? If we, if you prick us, do we not bleed? Right? But, uh, so I asked them about their prior advertising campaigns and they had basically listened to their board of directors which was made up by wealthy suburban women. And the wealthy suburban women wanted to see the Blood Center ads because they were doing this charity work. They wanted to see the ads in the suburban real estate magazines, the glossy, beautiful magazines. And so that's where they generated all their leads from which means they hadn't really prospected broadly. They'd been very narrow in their approach, which means that all of their contributors were going to be or likely to be wealthy suburban women. So there's a self-fulfilling prophecy that happens based on your historical customer persona. And you need to remind, remember that when, especially if you're going after a new market or you're using direct mail for the first time, as as Jeff says, if your business is new to DM, then we're building a DM prospecting model that's based on digital responders who became customers, which could be very different from potential DM responders, right? Right prospect data based on a customer file implicitly sets an expectation among managers that KPI should be the final sale uh, may or may not be you probably could talk them out of that again that's asking a lot from a piece of mail well most of my career what we were mailing we were hoping for an order we didn't care that much about an elite <laughs> you know that's the catalog industry so that's that's but that's a good piece of mail and it's designed people know when they get it that you know this is stuff you can buy and they treat it accordingly. Direct mis- mail responders are easy to track because address-based data is extremely accurate. But don't wait until the final step in a sale to track and report on DM prospect results. So you can do matchback, and you can do um, you can do matchback, or you can do retracking address uh, 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 affixion. <laughs> you can affix the address to an incoming lead to your website. Uh, even if they don't fill anything out and you don't need to necessarily mail it, but you could track it back to the original mailing list makes an excellent point that Jeff makes and some of the tracking software. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know that old country marketing uses direct mail 2.0, which I think both are supporters of the WDMA and I think can give you a pixel to drop on your. Uh, on your website to generate that tracking or that lead address, so that's a possibility. I'm not sure. Uh, on Point uses um, uses <laughs> David Rosendahl's mind burner. <laughs> no, it's not right. mind fire. <laughs> Somebody's tagging me here. Oh, it's. Oh, I got to turn off those my kids Uh, so prospecting by definition is a top-of-the-funnel exercise right and so what response behavior indicates a quality lead now we're going to move over to that okay analyzing and qualifying and profiling qualified leads from a direct mail program to help fine-tune your insights consider KPIs for each stage of the funnel. Now let's let's go over to this. This is a uh this is a little diagram I just whipped up before I got here. And so it it's going to take into account lead source, lead qualification where we have an internal telemarketing team, and lead conversion where we have some kind of uh more more qualified sales team. Uh, Could be outside sales, could be inside sales, could be a lot of things. But anyway, so first thing we look at it when a lead comes in is we say, well, what's the source? Now, that source could mean a split test in offers or it could mean a different list. So, for example, yesterday we were talking about previous leads that had been, that were a little bit older. Maybe we could mail some of those. Uh, We were talking about customers that had bought one other product but not the product we were emphasizing and we could mail some of those. And so, and so the lead source is something you really always want to keep track of. And a lot of times, the top of the funnel, you're looking at cost per lead. So, how response, you know, what kind of response rate did you get and what did it cost you? Because some leads are much more expensive. We used to advertise in magazines and back when they were a thing. And I remember one time we, were, we, we used the Wall Street Journal and uh, we were also using card decks, which were dirt cheap. And the Wall Street Journal was 100 times higher in cost per lead than the card decks. And the funny part was that they weren't any better quality either on lead readiness or on lead conversion. So, you know, sometimes you you can look at your lead source. You can do digital compared to direct mail, and you can figure this out, okay, lead source. So keep track of that lead source, and if you don't know how, give me a call. Uh, lead qualification, then what we would do is we would take those leads and we would keep track of the source and we would keep track of the money and we would send them to our telesales people, our outbound lead qualifiers, and they would give them a call. You can still do that. People still do answer the phone occasionally. Uh, but, you know, don't do it with a computer because when I hear that silence for a couple of seconds, I, I uh, immediately hang up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Say hello. Say that you're a person. Don't be too salesy about it either. Take your time. Uh, people will trust you more. Anyway, so we we what we do is we would grade the leads. The C's were people that weren't really at all interested, and in, you know sometimes they were what we'd call them uh, tire kickers or high school kids looking for information uh, that they would send away for and get themselves on mailing lists. So the C's were were we immediately killed. The B's we would follow up again at a later date without any outside sales uh, connection at all. We would just hold these, and they would be called again later. You know, oftentimes, uh, you'd ask the the prospect, would you like us to call you again in a couple of months? And they'd say yes. Okay, that's the Bs. And they would recycle through this process until they became an A, and an A then went down into the lead conversion process, which was this higher-level salespeople. Okay, and one of the things that was really important here was that every telesales person got some sampling of all of these qualities of leads. Okay, and that each telesales person got a variety of quality, and the reason for that is. Because when they graded them, we needed not just one person. So oftentimes, people structure this and they get a direct connection with their person. You know, their, maybe with their region where this exists. But we would, we would undo that. We would, we would make sure that each qualifier had a variety of leads. And that each of these leads went to a variety of salespeople, also down here. OK, so that so that uh, if a qualify, some qualifiers would hold these leads too long, they were ready to talk, but they weren't sent to the salespeople okay. uh, because they wanted to make double sure that this person was basically already sold. And so they would hold on to the they would wait till the A's were like, please let me talk to somebody I can order from. Others would send too many down, and the salespeople would go talk to them and schedule a sales call. Or actually, the qualifier would schedule a sales call, and the salesperson could move it. But they would go visit and they would say, Well, no, I wasn't ready to make a decision. And so then we could coach the qualifiers on their leads and how they worked. And we could also see a variety of scoring methods for each lead source and see what the total return on investment was down at the bottom. And that's how you do it in direct marketing. That's the direct marketing approach to lead qualification systems. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.